podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. All right. <laughs> Just thought then, who's introducing this? JF Stratford Paddock. This is an early edition, earlier edition early, early. of Housen's Brew, if we're calling it that, are we? Yes, let's do yes, that. Um, it's a live update because there's breaking news. Breaking news, Jay. Breaking, Steve. And as we always do when there's breaking news, no matter how many beers Baggers has had, we go live. Fucking right right or wrong. That's what we do. That's what I like about you, Baggers. Yeah. Yes. You're hey. a low-key alcoholic. I'm not that <laughs> alcoholic. Yes. We've got rid of one. Of Welcome to the club, Baggers. Good lad. All right. Hey, there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, the Glazers have issued a statement. We know just to sort of roll it back a little bit. Um, seven days ago on Friday last week, uh, there was a fans forum meeting with the Glazers, well, not with the Glazers, with the club. Ed Woodward was on the call and this sort of list of demands were put to him from the fans forum group. So that included people like Is the a four point plan or a five point plan? It was a five point plan. And then on the back of it was a letter, an open letter from Manchester United Supporters Trust, which had four of those points on it as well. So there was like plans about, you know, we want a seat on the board. We want any costs incurred from the Super League debacle to be paid by the Glazers, not by the club. Uh, we want dialogue with the, the owners constantly. And then there's this letter has sort of just been issued now, this statement. Um, shall I read out some extra extracts? Yeah. So it. this is the letter straight directly to Ian Sterling, who we had on the channel uh, last yeah. week with you. Was it with yeah. you? Yeah, Ian yeah. Sterling was on. I spoke to him on Thursday, I think it was. Oh no, yeah, Thursday morning, uh, or Wednesday morning even, um, at Old Trafford. He's had a response, as has uh, Richard McGrath from the CRA, so I've seen that as well, but it's obviously the same thing. And it says, uh, Dear Ian, thank you for your letter April, dated April the 30th, uh, sent in your capacity of, as representatives of Manchester United fans. Uh, I read the contents closely and your love and passion for the club came across very clearly. I want to salute your service to the Fans Forum, which I know is a vital channel for consultation between the club and our fans. As I recently stated publicly, you remember the Joel Glazer apology, which was a load of rubbish, but it's another story. I am personally committed to ensuring that we strengthen this relationship in future. Your heartfelt letter captured the unique spirit of Manchester United, forged through decades of triumph, adversity and tragedy. Right. Three of these, two of these three paragraphs are fluff. Keep going. Keep going, right, just... Cut me off when you want. Um, yeah, I was. It's, it's talking about personally humbled by parts of your letter as you explained so clearly why our initial support of the Europe, for the European Super League left you feeling angry and let down. The fans from letter had said that the European Super League was just bang out of order, especially um, as Manchester United fans considering our ties to the European Cup or Champions League. Uh, in particular, I want to acknowledge the need for change. With deeper consultation with you as our main fan representative body across a range of important issues, including the competitions we play in, we also recognise the importance of fan and football interest being embedded in key decision-making processes at every level of the club, and we are open to constructive di discussions on how to reinforce that principle. Let's go on to the next, um, the next page on that. So it's like Steve said, load of guff. Um, then he goes on to say about re we remain committed to working with the wider football community to make the game stronger and more sustainable over long term uh, we'll now refocus our efforts in doing so within the existing structures of UEFA and the Premier League then he says I want to reassure you that my family and I, I care deeply about Manchester United and, and feel a profound sense of responsibility to protect and enhance its strength for the long term while respecting its values and tradition its traditions it says our top priority is and always will be competing for the most important trophies playing entertaining football with a team <laughs> comprised of top quality recruits and so have to interrupt you Go i'm on. fucking sitting here just fuming thinking Go on, please do i don't want to just sit here reading this is boring everyone. this is a geezer that's tried to leave the competitions he's now talking about the importance of winning yeah. am i reading that right yes yes it's completely nonsensical 
and insulted. But he's gone for it anyway. Um, he then talks about... Sorry, go on. The very last line there, um, because I'm going to be honest, I think there's about 11 paragraphs in this. Right. Not, not one of them has said a thing yet. However, the very last line... There's, there's something there, sorry, in the second to last paragraph on this page, because one of the things was about fan ownership. Okay. So he says, to highlight some specific points, as one of the few European football clubs listed on the public markets, we believe in the principle of fans owning shares in the club. We have previously engaged with the Manchester United Supporters Trust on fan o share ownership, and we want to continue and accelerate those discussions together with provisions to enhance associated fan consultation right again Go says Go nothing it says we'll talk about it yeah that doesn't say we'll do it that says we'll no. talk about doing 100 it. that's what it says however the very last line there we recognize that the government initiated fan-led review of football is a positive opportunity to explore new structures for fan engagement and influence i can assure you that we are willingly and openly engage in the have we got another one yeah go to the next page please Hang on. Oh, openly engage in the it Right, cool. I'm it's, gonna it's, minute. I might have it in my phone. It's people cut have been off. people have been sending me. Okay, this. so um, for those not aware, there is um, a, a football review at, about to take place, and I believe Tracy Crouch is she of the Department for Culture, Media, and Sport. Yeah, I think she's the culture um, secretary or one of those. It's something along those lines, isn't it? So I believe she's chair of this review. This review might lead to some stuff. Uh, especially with the way the Tories are in government and they'd love to do anything that seems popular at the time, that you might actually get something enacted with this. What that's going to be, because the, re the review can only do something if it's given the powers to enact change on the back of it. Like after Hillsborough happened, the Taylor Report came about and the Taylor Report made it legislation that all football clubs at the top flight of English football needed to have all-seater stadiums. There was safety provisions that were implemented. Reviews are only as good as the, the power they are given. So the, yeah. the, the fan-led review, which is what everybody wants, because yeah. you, you had the, what was it, the big picture idea or something like that at the start of lockdown. Was it called project, Big Picture? Big Picture. Yeah, yeah, Project Big Picture, yeah. which was an absolute attempt at power grab. Do you remember? It was like six of us get to make the... If six of us agree, the rest of you have to go along with it. Do you remember that? That was, was the awful, game. awful, awful idea. Yeah, yeah. Now, think about what those six have done this month or in the last month. Which yeah. is probably a, pre, probably a precursor to yeah, this. Probably, I we'll think do they, this. They we'll wanted get this to get through. all of that. And then, yeah, we'll just, we'll just say we're doing a Super League because us six will agree. So if you couldn't see the writing on the wall from that and from this... They are not going to change themselves. They are not. The government has to come in and tell them what to do now. Yeah. Because the Premier League won't change itself. It's, it's Turkey's voting for Christmas. They're not going to do it, right? No. The, the clubs will not regulate themselves. No. They won't do it. No. We'll, Yo, um, we'll all I can say on this is because there's, there's ongoing talks that are currently confidential, but there's something coming down the pipeline, perhaps in the next week, which you're going to see a lot of unity on, I would say, and uh, a surprising sort of uh, uh, amount of collaboration from different parties on. Something's coming down the pipeline that will support the fan-led review and what comes next on the fan-led review. Uh, the remaining of the letter here then from um, our executive co-chairman and director, Joel Glazer, um, they're talking about the review, the aims of putting fans at the heart of the game... <laughs> How are you now talking about putting fans at the heart of the game? We are the game. 
uh, and ensuring their interests. Uh, think about it, right? If there was no fans, it's 11 fellas running around a field, right? It's a bit weird. It's a proper bananas activity. Without, with, when you add fans, it becomes a spectacle. Without them, it's weird, right? Um, these commitments are the starting point for further dialogue, including the specific points you've raised rather than the final proposals. We want to work together to come up with an ambitious package of measures which will transform our relationship with fans and strengthen the club for the long term. In this spirit, we'll reach out to members of the forum to schedule a meeting, um, which I will shall participate as soon as possible after the final game of the season. Um, so that he's sounds like he's going to be in, he's going to be at a meeting in which I shall participate. Zoom. Of course, he's going to be on Zoom. Yeah, um, as soon as possible after the final. So you know, I'm going to grace you with my presence. Yeah. So what annoyed me about the last fans forum meeting is it came three days after his apology, which I still think he's not even fucking read, let alone wrote. And he wasn't at that meeting after he'd said about rebuilding the trust with the fans. Here's your opportunity. You're going to get to meet some fans. And also, you're not going to meet them in a pub where you might get your head kicked in. You're going to meet them on a Zoom call. These are fans that are part of the fans forum anyway. So yes, they're going to be angry and they're going to give you, you know, they're going to tell you what they think, but it's not like you're in danger. No. You can meet them online and speak to them. So let's have that right. He didn't. And now he's saying, I'm not going to give you a time or a date when we're going to have a meeting, but I will meet After you at season. some point, which unless I'm wrong, Steve, will be the first time in 16 years he's ever met any of the fans, like a planned meeting. Of them yeah, a planned meeting. Yeah. yeah, which is a fucking farce in itself. Um, I mean, all that does is make me angry. So there's been a must response already this from Simon Stone's Twitter saying, the response could, in theory, and we em emphasise in theory only, be a change in direction and approach by the owners versus their silent and disregard for communication over the last 16 years. So must have seen it as probably we're seeing the same kind of thing. In theory, all these points that he's saying, you know, going to look at fan representation we're going to no, look at that just, we're going to look at it's just a letter talk. it's a promise. promise of course talk. it is they've not promised to do a single thing no. except <coughs> talk yeah that, like one thing's good must put a deadline on it and they shit it and reacted yeah, yeah. that's good that, yeah. that's good it shows that the club actually care enough to to stick to the deadlines imposed upon them by the supporters trust so that i would have to say well done to the supporters trust in actually making them jump when you've asked them to Outside of that, though, I'm not sure anything's been achieved here yet. Um, the promise to talk, like, this is almost like a hostage situation at the moment, isn't it? it being real, it, it kind yeah, of is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, listen, stop doing crazy shit, let's have a talk. Yeah. Nothing necessarily is going to come from those talks, you're just asking me to talk. I mean, get involved in the comments as well, by the way. Let us know what you think of this letter. Please, um, someone, because, actually, rather you know, than just putting a one-word thing in, can someone write me a paragraph? What are your thoughts on this? And, yeah. and I'll, I'll happily read some of those because I'm reacting to that live. Uh, I might have missed some nuance in what's been said in that, but I want to know what everyone watching thinks. I'll tell you what Gary Lineker said. I don't want to know what Gary Lineker said. His best mate said Woodward. Exactly, that's my point. This is a step in the right direction. Is it? It's not even a step. It's talking about taking a step. Yeah. Um, so the next part well, of the, the must statement is... We will determine our position based on actions rather than these words alone. There we go. We have seen empty words too many times previously. Yep. Onus remains on the club to put right problems of the past, not just the ESL, but the overall lack of communication and consultation by the owners. It's not just a consultation thing, right? For those of you who live around Manchester in the last decade or so, uh, more so under like Mancini and stuff, I noticed that because they weren't quite as good on the field. 
but Manchester City about 10 years ago, they embarked on like an advertising campaign in Manchester. Do you remember this? Yeah, of course. They had the, the big mural at the bottom of uh, the Mancunian the, Way. The phone calls and all that as well, wasn't it? They and had the, like the Metrolinks. Um, graffiti. Do you remember um, that? All over different buildings that yeah. if you was a City fan, you'd be like, this is actually wicked. It, 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 was, it was quite interesting artwork um, and quite iconic like City iconography. United seemed to give zero fucks about Man Manchester as a place. That's, uh, and as a, when I see some of these meetups that they've had with like, they sent Dwight York and Brian Robson to all of these different places around the world. They've never done one in Manchester. I get where you're coming from because like, you, you, there's, you, know, there's no, you do worry a bit. Because I know people say it's not just about United, it's Manchester. It's not, obviously. But that is a part of it, this community around like, you know, the city where the stadium is and where we're from. And they don't do that outreach. They don't do that. They don't go into schools like City do. They do a little bit of it. I know I've seen it in the League Cup and stuff where schools have had tickets. I think you get two free tickets if you take 10 kids or some stupidness. But not at the level that City do. City proper push that envelope. And even if you take it a step further than what you're talking about there, about like Dwight York and Ro uh, Brian Robson meeting fans, even the Scousers, you know when we were in America and we played the Scousers, they were doing meet and greets with all ex-players. They were proper pushing it. They were trying to do stuff to sort of say to the fans in America, you know, Liverpool were here, we engaged with you. United didn't do any of that. I was talking to Andy Mitten who was over there and he said, you know, there was none of that really going on. Obviously, he talks to players and stuff because he's a journalist. But it, there wasn't that level of engagement that you were seeing from the Scousers. So, I mean, you know, they're getting it wrong in, in their own community and they're getting it wrong elsewhere as well. We've had a couple of super chats. Uh, Mark has put a super chat in. Thank you very much, mate. Uh, no trust for these guys, but at least they've called out they need to invest in the stadium. Cheers from Australia, guys. And then uh, Nishant's put, I hear protests will keep happening until Glazers are out. They're not going to, not going, so when will it end? Will it end when someone gets severely injured or killed? Is that from Nishant? Bit dramatic. Yeah. Um, it'll end when they sell up and move on. <laughs> That's when it'll end. To be honest with you, that's that's about it. Isn't it yeah, really? because unless, well, unless like, well, yeah, either way, it's not going to end. This isn't this sort of protest and this reaction, and us doing this and talking about, it isn't going to just end with the promise of a meeting. So, lads, as you know, small businesses like us have always shown an incredible ability to adapt, innovate, and survive, even more so in this past year. Now, another way that you can adapt and grow is by finding the right people. Um, to help grow your business. So that's what LinkedIn Jobs helps you do that and they help you do it for free. Um, we've had been having a look at this. We've been spoke about LinkedIn before on this channel. We've used it a few times. We've used it a lot, actually, over the last sort of, well, since we started, um, over the last six months or however long it's been. Um, and what I like about it is it helps you find the right candidate for the right job. So we've had various roles here. We can go on there. It's very easy to navigate LinkedIn jobs because you know me, I'm a right Luddite, but even I can sort of navigate really easily. And you have people there where they're able to sort of upload their skills and their abilities and their uh, CVs, etc. So you're looking for the right candidate already. You've got the sort of, you signposted towards the right type of people for the role that you're looking for. So when, whether that's, in our case, we're looking for an editor or a, a presenter or whatever, it's so, so easy. And the good thing about LinkedIn as well, you've got, I think there's over 30 million members in the UK. I mean, that's ridiculous. That's like almost like, you know, the entire working population almost, it seems. Um, so you can post a job up there with targeted screening questions so they'll be able to sort of answer those questions so you know whether they're the right person. Just cuts down on the amount of time you're looking for for the uh, people to fill those roles um manage those job posts it's so quick it's so streamlined and you can do it all as well from your mobile device so on your phone right i've got a role there need to find the right candidate let's have a look 
Jobs are good in. Um, so when your business is ready to make that next hire, find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. Uh, and also you can post a job for free. So just visit LinkedIn.com uh, LinkedIn, slash devils. Again, that's LinkedIn.com slash devils to post a job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. And I know I know some of the guys involved in that in that fans forum. And I know they, they you know one thing you can you can level any criticism you want at, but all the people that I know spoke to in that fans forum meeting just like sat on his table, love Manchester United Football Club. The owners don't, but the fans that are involved in it do. And I know that they're trying to do the best for the club. The Glazers are trying to do the best for the, the I wonder themselves. what their personal thoughts are. I wonder if they do they think that they're good owners? Probably do, because they've probably got lackeys, yes men stood around them going, Or do they mm, know done a great that job. they're rinsing it? Do they know they're rinsing it or do they think that they're doing a grand old job? I'd be really interested to know what their personal views are on this. Um, might as well tell everyone. Joe, the, the chasing them down in the street to get to like doorstep them that Sky did last week. Yeah, we were planning on doing that. We were, yeah. we're gutted. We're gutted. We'd found him. We'd found him on Street View. Shout out to the people that we have, some of the Reds that we've got in Florida as well. Yeah. Well, we've let's... not finished that fight. We'll yeah. talk to you more. Don't and worry. Don't I'd worry. Have, we're having I'd a conversation. And everything ready. Yeah. <laughs> and I was gutted because I spoke to Sky News on Monday, said we were doing it. And I was like, oh. and then he did it. Because just with travel and everything, it was quite difficult for us yeah. to do. We yeah, had to we postpone had to it a little bit. Like COVID things and things like that. So we, we were planning doing it. We were planning going doorstepping him. Uh, we was going to film a, a house in Macaulay Run Sensor just like in the car as we staked out his house. Um, it would have been great. Um, we were going to go flyer the local supermarket, put a sign outside his house. It was going to be a good old time. Um, but it was the journalist what, again. We were going <laughs> to. I'd heard a rumor. Um, who was the journalist again from Sky that spoke to him? Oh, it was at the. Was it not Holly? What was her name? Sorry. Anyone in the comments? Get involved in the co- Sarah Lockwood, was it? Sally, Sally Lockwood, who's over there, I think. Um, the I'm, I'm glad it was her, not me, because the, the, the way he ignored, I'm asking two questions, and then I'm probably going to do something stupid, I think. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, even if it's just like you're grabbing an arm like that, that's it's what, that's technically when, it's assault. That's what I was trying to say to you. It's just yeah. like, um, go on. There is a, there is a last more bit of the, the statement from Most. Our primary objective remains to ensure a support share scheme which carries equal voting rights to shares held by the Glazer family. We want new Manchester United with meaningful shareholders for supporters and a meaningful say in key areas. They will not be let up until we get there. So that is the thing as well. For as much as they've they've put something on there about we're you know we're open to doing this kind of stuff for the New York Stock Exchange, you know we've we've done this up and, and we're going to look into fan ownership. They've not actually given a, a pathway or a reasonable pathway for fans to to buy a good amount of shares and things like that. They've not done that at all yet. So that'll be the interesting thing to see how that goes in the next in the next few months and stuff. And the other thing is that that meeting as well. You know what people they like. They need to schedule it now and go, right, that's the date. Because yeah. you know what it'll be Don't I'll just say do we'll do it after the season. We'll do it after over. the season. So last cast can be when I'm clearing the shed out. Yeah. That's yeah. It's not today. Isn't it? Go away. Yeah. So that's that's kind of the worry with it all. But who knows? The the one thing is, people are asking about the protests and, and whether it worked. That letter and that response is the first time they've done it in 16 years. The first time there's been a response within any kind of meaningful time frame. It's the first time they've ever done anything, which to me just shows that they are taking a little bit of notice. They're seeing that there's not just, it's not just a few people, it's not just people in the stadium now. The, the green and gold thing, they kind of ignored that one. This one, they seem to be 
looking and going, look, this we can't have this, and, and we need to say something, even if it is the PR fluff that we've had the, in today. Steve Locke says in the Super Chats, it's taken 16 years for a statement like that to come out now. They have only done this because of the absolute farce they drew the club into. Um, quite a lot of people in the um, in the comments talking about what you saying, Steve, about that would have been, uh, I think it was, was it Charlie Hobbs said, um, House of McCullough from the electric chair. <laughs> Might not have been that. I've been texting Rio asking if he could lend me bail money. Inaccurate, to be honest <laughs> with you. But he sent them two over there. Um, other people as well have sort of jumped on the back of it saying, um, you know, fans need to have a say in the club, fans need to control the club. Uh, Matthew Coward says, the only way I'd ever believe their statement is if they start it by confessing that they don't give a shit about the club, fans or the football, and have used the club as a cash cow. I'd love to see that on a different, but we won't see it. Not You're not seeing that. And as, as someone just mentioned, the comments didn't catch the name, sorry. The the fact that the game managed to get postponed, um, I mean, we've screwed ourselves this week with it. But I think the that, I think the Premier League did that on purpose a little bit, to be honest. Like, European Super League, do you? Have some of that. Yeah, yeah. I think I there agree. was a bit of that going on, because you could have done it next week, <laughs> comfortably. <laughs> you could have done it Monday, if you're being serious, yeah, last yeah. week. So I think, that, I think they've conspired a little bit to stitch United up with those back-to-back games. Um, there yeah. was there was talk about I think West Brom have kind of pushed back against their game being moved with Liverpool I think it's next weekend uh, United's game was the Leicester one that's why our one was Tuesday night and ah, right, okay. it's all been done but I think that like I said to Jay though that's if these games go ahead this week you don't you don't know do you I'm not talking about from us personally you just don't know do you know what I mean? Like, there's the, the movements out there. People are angry. People are unhappy. People are protesting. Well, we don't like know that. Like I said that. to you, Jay, no. don't know you, what's going you don't out. need many people to to like to to stop a coach getting to a ground. Exactly. Just no. yeah. You who, know. who carries four spare coach tires around? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Alex Bailey says. Now, when book fans are up to pre twenty twenty, getting Brady and Gronk took glazers overnight, and they didn't really communicate like like they have like this with us United fans. What's that all about? What's the, the sort of story with the Buccaneers? I keep hearing about that. Is it case of the Glazers only care about that? Did he care about that? Or is it different over there? I think there's a few people in the comments mentioning the Buccaneers. Go on, Al, you've been to America. I've Go been on. to America. And again, I think that the owners are not as important. I don't think that they make them seem that more important. But again, I think they probably just decided that this was the time they could do it. And they've done... The similar fix they did, yeah, it was very successful what they did win the Super Bowl this year, but it was I think it was a very short term. Let's we can throw a little bit of money at this right now and this'll fix it. And it kinda has, you know, getting one of the best quarterbacks in and stuff like that. I said, I don't know too much about American football, but to me from an outsider looking in, it's a very similar thing to say, Well, we we we've got your Pogba. Yeah. Like there wasn't it's not a, a long term plan of how to be successful as a as a as an American football team, and someone will probably correct me on that, but it just seemed like if we did this right now, we've got this opportunity where we can just sign someone, spend a load of money on that, and it can result in the Super Bowl. There you go, done. There you go, you're happy now. Cheers, right, I'll see you in 10 years. That was the the feeling that I kind of saw from that. And that's kind of been what it's like for United for a long, long time, where it's been short-term fixes. And now I think a lot of those short-term have been... Bang on, mate. ...have been because we've dropped out of the Champions League and they know that we need that extra... You just need to get in the top four. That guarantees me 100 million extra a year. We can do that. Spend that little bit of extra money, which they have done at times. They've spent the, the summer with Jose. They spent well. The summer after when, you know, Ollie's first summer in, Wambasaka, Maguire, we spend, they go up. Summer after, drop off. We don't need it. It's fine. All but like, that, it's not that a long-term term 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 term
in the long run, I mean, they've been owners for 16 years, right? I keep hearing how they're amazing businessmen, right? Jay, if I said to you, I've got a belting business idea, what, what? I'm going to do is I'm going to spend 90% of my profit on interest. Right, okay. You'd have been like, are you off your head? You've already lost me. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. How, how is anyone calling this great at business? Jesus, this is awful at business. But I still think there was a... I Everyone think the associated League, with the business hates you. But I think the, the, Super League was the out. the Super League was the <laughs> yeah, out. I, I, I think I'm beginning to think it, I think it was I think the Super the League out, yeah. was the out for them. I think that that was... I think they're looking at it now going, we may need to change this. We may need to go something a bit more long-term. Not do anything drastic, but I think they may need to do something long-term because otherwise this could dry up. We've not... I think the Super League was their, there's the guaranteed billion you'll get from that, essentially. Guaranteed billion. 10, wasn't it? Wasn't it 10, 10 billion. billion. Over that sort of time. Wow. Which gets rid of the Champions League. A lot thing, of scratch that. Because it's yeah, the same thing. It? If you said to them right now, you guaranteed Champions League football for the rest of time for Manchester United. They'd be, that, yeah, that's that, it. That was attractive because they didn't have to keep paying to chase to get no, into that's it. it. And that's, that's the only thing they're worried about is, we, oh, we've got to go up it. We've got up 250 million in the transfer window because we've not got that that Champions League money coming in. I mean, this year, I mean, this year summed it up. We had to do an extra borrow on the loan, 60 million quid, just to cover costs of staff wages. wages of players and just staff members that are doing it. Don't they tell still, me they're good businessmen. They're, they're still, but, no, but, but, you know, you're right. They still took a dividend this, out because right. that's all, the, the, all they're bothered about is that 10 million quid that they put from there into their pockets, not have into it, another the club's club. skin. What are we going to do? Well, am I getting my dividend? Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously we can't oh, stop sound. taking it. Obviously that. you're getting your dividend, but we ain't got any money for the players' wages or out. We'll take a loan out then. All right, sounds. What the hell, man? So. Um, there's some cl- clarification here. A couple of American fans in the chat about the Buccaneers and stuff. Uh, yeah. Jacob Hexema says, as an American, the Glazers care much more about the Bucs than United. They actually understand the game and that world, but they don't understand football at all, let alone the club and what it means. Thanks for that, Jacob. Also, Jericho832 says, Bucs have only made the playoffs eight times out of the 26 seasons the Glazers have been in charge. They don't care about them either. It's all about money. Well, so eight times out of twenty-six making the playoffs. Yeah, it's right again. Short-term fixes. Let's get in a, a quarterback who's one hundred and six years old. Right, he might be the greatest of all time, but he's still what you're going to get one or two seasons out of him. Yeah, is that what they're thinking? I think it's fantastic. Is. Yeah, but like, do they not realize? Hey, like Liverpool have been su- successful right in the Premier League era for two of twenty-eight years. Right. <laughs> They went close one year and won a Champions League and then they won it the year after. They've made up so much ground on us and might have actually overtaken us in terms of revenue in two years of success. You idiots. You had us in 2005. We hit the mountaintop in 2008. If you'd have kept that party going, you would have been making billions a season now. It's not even mad. It it wouldn't need to be anything crazy. It's just if you'd have spent... 30 million extra a year on players. That's it. Not just, even. Just that. Not it, even that. If you'd have, if you'd have put the, the foundations in place before Evra and Vidic and Rio and Van der Sar, I mean, you, you did with Van der Sar, to be yeah. fair, with De Gea. That there was good succession planning. But he didn't have it in place with Alex Ferguson. Like, Fergie, for his last decade, was on a one-year rolling contract. Now, for me, that's criminal negligence that you've got the greatest manager of all time on a one-year rolling contract, and he only signs it for next year at the end of that year. So you might have had a point at one stage where you were six weeks away from not having a manager next year. Now, out of courtesy, Alex Ferguson give us six months' notice. But there should have been a permanently moving live list 
yeah. of 10 managers that we were tracking and have interviewed. Not yeah. planned to interview. Like, you could have got whoever you fancied at the time, whether that was Klopp, Poch, fucking Eddie Howe, like David O'Leary, like whoever you were thinking of at the time, whichever mad managers came into your head from Nagelsmann to Pep, you should have interviewed all of them. And you can be honest and say, you don't have to give the game away and say Fergie's going next year. You can go, so Alex Ferguson's on a one-year rolling contract. At some point, he's likely to retire. Um, we like you as a manager. Can you give us what your next five years, if you took over in summer, what would they look like for you? What sort of players are you looking at? That sort of thing. You would have got, you would have been able to make your decision nice and quick. And then the day Fergie goes, anyway, that's me. I'm out. Thank you. Good night. You've got your top three on your list and you go, well, it's happened. Um, do you fancy taking the job? Or you look at your list and go, he's just signed a new five-year deal. He's just moved from Dortmund. Number three on the list. And then you go, switcheroo. Yeah. You don't have Fergie yeah. going around to David Moyes' house in April going, guess who's the new United manager? Don't you are. Me. And he's like, he didn't even say yes to that, by the way. He went, oh, right? <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah. He didn't have an interview. He wasn't someone that was um, asked about what he would do for the next six years as Manchester United manager. He was basically dicked with that job. Yeah. Like, he was more concerned about what he was wearing for when Fergie rang him, he said. What he said when I was at the press conference where he was in Atavale, he said I got a phone call from Alex and I was in my t-shirt and jeans and I was worried about what I was wearing do I need to get dressed up. I thought this is going to be the new manager of Manchester Well, this is the manager of Manchester United by the time he said that. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. just like little things like that. Those are what big clubs get right. That succession planning is what I think like the likes of Bayern Munich get right. You never see them scratching around, ringing around someone. David. Even small clubs get it right. City got it right. They did. They bought in the likes of um, Raheem Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne for Pep before he got there, knowing yeah. he was coming. Yeah. There's, there's some potential shenanigans there, isn't there, with um, Pep was supposedly offered De Bruyne at Bayern Munich and he was like, mm -mm. Mm. Yeah, Ooh. very, yeah. yeah. Oh, seems Ooh. a bit, you know, Howard Kendall and Andy Inkscliffe, Rough that, if you know it? what I mean. Cillian uh, Barlow in the Super Chat says, let's start with the transfer window. Um, if we even get a slight hint that Oli has got what hasn't got what he wants, we have to put even more pressure on them. Despite this, we need to put pressure and be vocal. Thoughts. He's also had another chat here. He says, Surely they were slightly rattled with their tails between their legs. Knew they had to respond by today. Love must respond to actions speak louder than words. I like must respond. Also, on the second point, it's not just about transfers. Keep hearing this argument. I know where you're coming from. Um, that you know, obviously transfers is a big part of what goes on in football, and it's not you know it's not like we're going to ignore that. But I don't think you just go out and you buy Jaden Sancho and you buy I don't know, Canati or whatever. I think he might be going to the Scousers, but you know what I mean. You buy like a, a Paul Torres or whatever, yeah. and then it's like oh actually we've got a couple of good signings. We're all right now because that's not how it works. You know, you look at what's been going on at this club. The fact we've still got all these debts. The fact that the stadium is still crumbling. The fact that the, we've got owners that don't care about us and could try to take us into another stupid league sooner or later. Then, no, just some shiny new it's signings just, ain't going to cut the mustard for me. Just a bit of all. honesty as well with it all. I think that it's probably the same, similar kind of thing with, you know, you look at what happened with Arsenal where they spent all the money on the stadium and then Wenger came out last year, I think, and did an interview and said that I had to sell players every summer. I had no budget. If they'd have come out and said, look, we've, we're going to chat with the fans. <laughs> You've got a decision, guys. We can continue on being the best club, being in and around this, being one of the top two or three clubs in the world, or top two or three clubs in the Premier League, but we can't, we can't afford that stadium. 
or we get a stadium and we're going to have to tighten things up for the next 10, 15 years. To let the fans kind of have that say. At least let them be on board. So yeah. when, when you're coming fourth after season after season and people are losing the mind that you're only fourth, they can go... Long-term gain, lads. Long-term gain. We've got to pay this debt off. Yeah, then got, we're in. We've got, once we get that stadium done, then it'll start building and pay for again. Same thing with United. If they said to us, look, we're going we're gonna to spend on the stadium, but we're going to need X, Y, and Z to happen first. Or we're going to get these players in, but we need X, Y, and Z. You know, we need these things to happen first. We're going to try and do it this way first, and then we'll build there. But it's not that. It's just, just, just wild is we all look at the Premier League as the pinnacle of football, right? In some aspects, it is. It, you know, it's, it's a very successful business model for the Premier League in terms of TV re- revenue that it's generated. Yeah, yeah. But there's this illusion of competency across the thing. Managers aren't competent. Boards are, are not competent. No. Nope. Like, it's wild how people are winging it <laughs> with multi-billion dollar businesses. It's absolutely mental. Like, look at Gary Cook. I wouldn't trust Gary Cook to run me a fucking bath, right? He was, he Let alone comedy companies. Gold him. He went to the UFC after running City, lasted what? about five minutes yeah. because they were, you know, they because they met him. shit when they smell it. Yeah? yeah, so like it's insane how some of the executives that bounce around from club to club, you know, in these top jobs. From I mean, he went from like Nike to City to yeah. the UFC, and just like you was like on telly being an idiot. How do you? How are you still? No, it's um, Stefan Johan Jonsted in the chat says, any new protest plan needs to continue protest. Could be something planned, I think, is it the 13th of May? There's things doing around. Have a look online. We'll always let you know when we've got confirmation of what's going down. But there's, there's like Steve was saying earlier, there's independent protests. You look at what went on the training ground. I know one of the lads who was there, and he found out about it an hour before he went there. That's when he got the message. He got a text message saying, we've got a Cannington. And he's like, all right, okay. Sound. In his work van as well. Bright spot. Some yeah. of my, one of my mates. Um, but yeah, like, so it's, it's one of those, there will be th- stuff going on independently or whether it's, you know, like a massive organised one like the other day. Harry in the super chat says, accept no apology and promises. Glazes out, simple. I like that sentiment. And I agree. Yeah, there needs to be something. There's another super chat there. So if 50 plus one doesn't happen, what alternative would you like? Also, can you repeat quickly what the Glazers said? I'd um, like... I'll take this. Um, if 50 plus one doesn't happen, I don't think 50 plus one will happen. I think um, forcing private companies to sell is going to be laughed out of court in five seconds flat. Like, you're not going to be able to enact that. They go, I bought a company, you can't now tell. This isn't communist China. You can't just force me to sell a company. Like, or, you know, the Russian stars. I'm not disagreeing you, but why did that happen in Germany then? Because I don't know the history right, of what sorry, it came sorry, about. Right, I don't, okay. don't know if there was a demand from the league or th- in Germany, your football clubs are licensed. Right. Okay. So you're licensed to have your Bundesliga license. Now maybe they made it a condition of the license that you had to be fifty plus one. Ah, right. Okay. Whereas you're not licensed to the Premier League, you're just in it. Like it's it's very strange how it it works. So I I will look into it because I want to know more myself. Um, yeah. I don't think the 50 plus one thing will come in as um, as we all expect it to. I think you're, you're asking for people to, to voluntarily do it, and I don't think people will voluntarily do it. I think what you're more likely to see, which is what Andy Burnham said when I was on the call with him, is the 51% of season ticket holders polled as a veto to shit ideas. Now, that I think could happen. Chelsea appointed a fan to their board... As an no, observer. Yeah, with no observer. voting rights. Yeah. Now, people are like, well, that's bollocks with no voting rights. It is a start. And I also think, like, depending on who you get, uh, obviously, you don't want some silent little librarian snowflake in there. 
But I, I could think of some fantastic people like, I'd love to be that person. It's never going to be me, right? I am far too outspoken for that. But someone like Ian Sterling, who is you know knowledgeable in terms of the poli- politics of football and stuff like that, what in terms of legislation of football, in terms of being a representative of a supporters' trust, because I'm just a dickhead on a fan channel. He's actually someone that works for the supporters' trust. Him, Duncan, someone like that, who could sit on that board. They know the fan feeling behind stuff, and if they don't, they will consult with fans. I think having someone like, like that whether or not they get to actually vote, them questioning it in a room, in a board meeting, I think is powerful still. Whether or not they get a vote, like, you know, for instance, we're in a board meeting, the topic of the European Super League comes up, and you go, are you all sniffing glue? This is the worst idea ever, and there's going to be a riot when this goes through, and they all go, really? Yeah. Yeah, really. I'm not even kidding, really. This is going to go absolutely off the wall if you decide to do this. And they go... Oh, so it's whether you've got a voting right or not, I still think that it, it's quite a powerful thing. Uh, just a couple of super chats. Jericho 832 says, says it all that FC United's Broadhurst Park is more modern looking and up to date than Old Trafford. It is. Uh, Nick Wilson says, United need owners who see the club as their number one priority. These Muppets will never understand what football means. Love from the New Zealand boys. Keep it up. Um, much appreciated. Um, and John Wykley in the chat as well. He says, season ticket holders having a veto will be good enough as a short term fix as long as the offer for share sales is first refusal to supporters trust I like that comment there. don't know Good if you can make that legislation we'll see it's yeah. a nice idea I'm yeah. just not sure you're getting that. Uh, James O'Regan as well says the statement was just empty promises really like when I tell my kids we'll see when they ask for something it's exactly what it was yeah it was exactly it. It we'll was. see we'll see yeah, yeah. depends mm. maybe maybe if you're good yeah. Um, supposedly the, the German football thing um, up until 1998 no one was allowed to make a profit from from their football imagine, clubs or something like that. Imagine that. And then, obviously, there must have been some legislation change in 98 for that, but they may be kept in the 50 plus one as a rule. So I will look into that more, but someone's just sent me that. So That's good. I think there's, it'd be good, actually, Steve, you did a vid on that. A bit on the 50 What plus is one. 50 plus one? Yeah, no, yeah. seriously, because we get asked questions all the time. It gets a bit confusing. And I think you can break that down into a sort of video where, you know, I'm not saying people think, but I would like... Because a lot of people think it's 50 plus one is they're going to own 50 Yeah, and it's, it's a not, bit confusing. You said the voting rights so, about the fact that Yeah, because uh, obviously we've been looking into this anyway because Paddock FC is literally going to be uh, the same sort of thing where members will get the vote and they're saying how it works. So I've been educating myself on that front prior to this shit coming in. Um, but like I said, I still don't have the full caboodle on it. There's certain clubs where the members own every stick of the club uh, and they have the, the true 50 plus one. FC United, well, FC United are 100%. FC United are like that, yeah. Um, but I think Union Berlin, uh, Schalke, I think, are one of them, and Nuremberg are another. And you go, hmm, didn't he say Bayern Munich or Dortmund then? No, he didn't, because they are privately owned companies, such as, like, Glazer ownership. However, this is where it gets well complex. The, the first 11 is classed as a different company or something like that, um, and the football club as a community still gets the 50 plus one sort of vote. So this is where it gets a bit convoluted. It's not as whitewashed as people think, like, this is the rules. There's interpretations of it. Which is uh, the reason that people seen their ass with Red Bull is because they went, okay, memberships for Red Bull um, or Russian Ball Sport Leipzig cost 250 grand a year. So there's only eight members and they are all employees of Red Bull, funnily enough. So the fans that 
own Russian ball sport Leipzig are eight executives of Red Bull, coincidentally. So people in Germany seen their ass because they're like, well, this is just getting around the rules. And they're like, yes, it is. <laughs> It is. Yes, literally. <laughs> literally we do is. have a bit of another topic to talk about today. This has been kind of, you know, BT Sport and uh, a few other companies have been doing this kind of stuff around the online hate and around the race abuse that has gone on. And, and BT Sport this week launched their campaign uh, to tackle online hate. Uh, and today it's called Draw the Line. Um, this is the first stage of a million pound campaign to step up and stand against hate speech and abuse on social media. Uh, new YouGov research has commissioned by the BT reveals the true scale of some of the social media abuse. And they've talked about it. Uh, they've said more than one in 10, over 5 million people have received online abuse over the last 12 months. Half the population have seen online abuse in the past year. Online abuse is worse for women, with one in five women that received online abuse saying that it was about their appearance. The younger their age, the more likely you are to experience the abuse, 16%. All 18 to 34-year-olds have experienced abuse online, and 23% of those who identify as gay or lesbian have received online abuse about their sexual orientation. The final bit, little step here is saying that one in seven people believe that those working in the public eye should expect abuse. So BT have asked to partner with us, and they, we are going to shed some light on some of the things that happen with us and you know the fact that it's something that we get all the time and in different, in different platforms, whether it be here on YouTube and things like that. I mean, one of those, we are relatively outspoken, I'd say, as a, as a group, as a team, as a, whatever it is. Quiet, mate. Quiet yeah, people. Yeah, you don't really get involved here like online, really involved to be though. fair. But no, I mean, listen, I always think stuff like this, a lot of it starts with yourself. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, obviously I've argued with people on Twitter. What? You, Jay, on Twitter. I've no. tried to tone it down a bit, because yeah. you know what? It, does, it doesn't do you any good arguing with people on Twitter. No. Uh, I try not to be, like, abusive, but sometimes I've fallen short. I remember years ago, and I still remember this, about 10... 10 years ago when Twitter was relatively new, arguing with a Leeds fan. And I brought, she made a comment I was talking about when I got sort of racially abused at Ellen Road and we're going back and forth and she made a comment about prawn sandwich brigade and I made a comment about her weight. And I shouldn't have done that. No. Because I lost that argument and no. I was a small person then. Yeah, yeah. She wasn't. And I think about that as 10 years ago and I still think about it now and again because I think I was a dickhead. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? If I had said, oh, you, you, your team's shit and your fans are idiots and your grounds are shit all, then fair enough. But when you start getting personal... And it was like, I let myself down. And I think you have to look at yourself and say, well, what am I doing? Because I see a lot of people do these videos and go, this is what I do, I do with trolls. And this is what I do. And then I see them say people, trolling people. Yeah, I do. You see it all the time. Be, hashtag be kind. Look at the state of you. Look <laughs> at your missus. Is that your missus? Jesus wept. Yeah. All that sort of get. And I think, well, okay, what am I doing? If that was my daughter or my son, yeah. would I be happy with them either sending that tweet or that post or receiving it? So yes, I'll argue and I'll take the bits out of people's football teams and, and all sorts and everything. But things like you're saying, appearance, no. Sexuality, no. Do you know what I mean? Or the race, obviously not. So it's like, I think you have to look at yourself a little bit and, that, and I'm as guilty as that as anyone. And I've tried, I try, and I've tried to be better at it. And I think, you know, by and large, well, no, I think I am now, but not been perfect in the past by any stretch. What are you looking at me for? I'm, listen. No, but, <laughs> you know, but even like, Steve, I mean, you know, you argue with people or you'll do things like that, but I don't see, you know what I mean, like that personal abuse that you get a lot of. No, I, you get I a lot generally of clap back with something and I try and make a joke out of it or something like that. But yeah, I don't really go after people like that because well, I just don't. We've said it, as we, we were saying it on the way down, kind of just saying things like, it's it's things that get said that you wouldn't say to someone's face and things like that. And if you yeah. can have it, and and we we say things to each other in the office, and you you kind of and you just that, that's but different. that that is it. That's something different. <laughs> yeah. 
And but it's something you'd say to the face because there's that's what it is. That's the conversation. Whereas online, yeah. there's a lot of it is just a, yeah, a, a faceless. There's something that you two would say to me, and I laugh. Yeah. yeah. That if someone on Twitter says to me, "I'm going to see my ass." Yeah. Of course. And I go, "Hang on, who are you again?" Yeah. Right? yeah. And there's there's a line to be drawn on that, and exactly that is the the campaign and there. Draw the line, and I've you know you've seen it's about you mentioned like women get a lot more stick, and you know we've had Angie on this channel a few times, and yeah, yeah. Angie's as knowledgeable as anyone, if not more so some of the grief she's had just before she even spoke. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like, what she know about football? Well, actually, a lot of she lives in Germany as a professional football presenter. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Kind of knows the stuff. Semra Hunter was on the other day, who's, you know, again, Spanish football expert. We've had Alexis Nunes on, who's, yeah. again, a, an expert in her field, Done, the, you know, does her own work and knows the stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's one of those that we can, I think we can all do a little bit more to, to, to stop it. Yeah, so BT are doing in their campaign, they are going to be looking at their social media channels and making sure that those those forums are being monitored, being uh, checked constantly, and it's something that we're going to do. Obviously, we do that in the live chat all the time, and we're going to do more and more to make sure that it's a good community because that is what it is. That's what this channel is as well. Is We want people to have a bit of back and forth. We want people to put their opinions in. But again, we need to be ones helping that, monitoring that, and all those good things. So I said, if you want to know a little bit more about this campaign and have a read up more about those, the the survey and, and everything that BT have done, click the link in the description and have a check out of all that stuff. Um, also, well, we've got quite a lot of people in the chat, so I'm going to sort of go into some of these. Um, Timothy Kennedy says, the easiest way to get 50 plus one is to make it a condition of any future sales of the club. Uh, obviously talking about the 50 plus one rule that Steve's going to do a video on next week. Uh, Syrian Bala says, in their statement, the Glazer statement, they do mention back in the fan-led reviews for key decisions. Could you spl please explain what that is? Form of external regulation. What was that? Sorry. So it, he's, Syrian Bala says, in their statement, in the Glazer statement, they do mention back in the fan-led reviews for key decisions. Could you explain what, what is that? What does that mean? Is that is that some sort of form of external regulation? I think the fan there was going to be like, the fans, when in, in our demands or the fans' forum demands, was they wanted fans to have a say and have a, the ability to review key decisions, have a say in that. And then the, in the statement, the, gla the, the Glazers have sort of said, oh, yeah, you know, we'll look at that. Um, sorry, I'm just looking at a comment. Then. Um, but yeah. Again, it sounds like a little bit of bluster. Uh, Ben's Future says, we are in such a predicament now. I hope our voices are heard, guys. I am from India and I promised to bring my wife to OT as a wedding gift. That's a fantastic wedding gift, by the way. Uh, Mr. Glenn Johnson, I hope it's not the one from Liverpool, but I don't think it is. I think the most important thing to, is to stop is the dividends hole. We shouldn't be a for-profits business and that's a priority one, in my opinion. Not a penny more. And Ian Hamilton says, hi, keep up the great concept content you are the best in my honest opinion just the one for jay when is the next scotty and Motty? everything in the news is crazy at the minute yeah i mean scotty's had a bit of a sabbatical um he's got a lot going on but well we both have but we'll be back soon so we'll keep you posted on all that thanks for your support on both channels you all right all right Go Mashing, yeah. you've gone all quiet uh, just thinking just thinking oh, yeah. mm, I, like to, I like to do that at least twice a day <laughs> sometimes three times yeah the there's a lot of talk about what the fan review is going to lead to and like I said, there's there's something in the works which you'll you'll see more on in the next. I'd be surprised if you don't see it within a week. To be honest with you, and <laughs> all right, right, oh yeah. yeah. Although there's watch, a million. Watch this space. Yeah, there's a million football matches which might delay that happening. But there, there's some stuff coming out um, which is, I think you'll all be pleasantly surprised and pleased at who's involved uh, and the what they're pushing for. Um, 
it's good. It's good. And it's it's more fans having more of a say, and, and that's all you want at the end of the day is someone who's leading this said this is a critical moment for, for football now. Like, this might be the, the no-turning-back sort of stage. Like, there's been reviews and things like that in the past that, I mean, like every couple of years it feels like someone wants to do a review on something. That's what I said at the start of the show. Reviews are only as good as the powers that they're given to enact change on the back end of them. You know, the Taylor report was obviously given very good powers because they forced all of the stadiums in the country to upgrade and become safe. So things like Hillsborough didn't happen again. So if a, if a, if a review and a report based on that review is given um, power, then that review is excellent. Otherwise, what's the point? So it's about giving them power. And I think... Judging by how Marcus has changed government policy, what, half a dozen times now? Amazing. Yeah. With a tweet, if all... Look, there's a petition coming out next week, probably. Get behind this one petition and let's enact a change. So I don't think we can talk much more about it yet, but there's, some coming, there's a lot of support for this. You'll know which one it is because you'll be like, oh, this is obviously the one everyone's trying to get behind. And it's, it's to give this review some power to enact change on the back end of it. And this is where, like, I think I said this a couple of times now, when I feel like we as fans, and certainly we as part of a fan channel and uh, the media, and, you know, and that's BT, Sky, Match Today, ev- everyone who's ever written a blog or fucking selfied themselves ha- that decided to talk about this, I think everyone there had an, a hand in that, in stopping the European Super League. In 24 hours, there was contracts, there was TV rights, this was real. And in 24 hours, not only did we stop it, we volleyed it up the arse and sent it packing, right? Yeah. And I think fans did that. And for the first time in 16 years of Glazer ownership, I saw a chink in the armour then, that night, that if you want this and you want these out, keep pushing, because we've just changed that. Yeah. And in 16 years, all of the online, oh, everyone tweet at five past eight, what? It doesn't do it. It did fuck all. You know, I've been, I was on all the protest matches. I was on the flash mobbing. I was on the, the things like that. <laughs> <laughs> things uh, like that. Leave it at yes, that. Yes, let's there, yeah. Just things, right there. Things don't think it was a multitude of sins. Um, things like that. Things like that. And um, it did nothing. Whereas this actually, there's so many big people involved in this. And I... Our fucking prime minister is an absolute drip, right? And he will go with whatever feels the most popular. So you've got to make sure that this is an absolutely deafening tidal wave of pressure that comes down here. And he will fucking fold like a cheap snakes on ladders board. He will. Uh, we've got a couple more. Uh, Jack Carter says, just started this episode. Hope the 1991 Cup Winners' Cup final gets mentioned. No, we never talk about the greatest achievement by any football club in the history of association You've football well, on this podcast. Been I don't know what you're on about. Oh, we had to talk about this Glazer thing, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, part of that, let's talk about 1991. <laughs> right. After the Super Chats. Right, yeah. okay. Because yeah, I want to get back to that. Because really, the wait, decline wait, 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 of the wait, wait, Cup wait, wait. Cup is where all this shit started. I think you, I think you yeah. make a very, yeah. very good point. Uh, Dennis Ross says, the only consultation with the fans they deserve is consultation in who the new owners should be. After 16 years, we as supporters shouldn't let ourselves become Muppets for a place at the table we build. Fantastic sentence. I love it. Well said. Uh, Paul Lawler says, would leaving Old Trafford ever be considered since the stadium is not fit for purpose? Feels like selling our soul, but unfortunately it seems beyond repair. I'm in the minority here that I 
I'm not against the idea of <gasps> moving to a different stadium. I think your history comes with you. Look at Bayern Munich with the Allianz Arena. But I know that everyone is probably much... I'm, I'm, yeah, on, I'm a lone voice on that one. Yeah, but Duncan Edwards and George Best never played at wherever the fuck Bayern Munich I, played before. I know I this is the, the argument, but, you know... And it's when they build flats on it as well, you, where it was, you kind of go... You take that seen the flats still the United. United. Yeah. Yeah, Ibra even. Yeah. And like, that's the corner of that stand, and you're like, yeah, I can see it. Who lives there? Yeah. Like, oh, no. <laughs> no. Um, no. Ross Murphy says, what's worse, Championship? Oh, sorry, Champions League final to watch a Liverpool v Tottenham final in 2019 or a Chelsea v United, uh, City final this season? Who gives a fuck? Yeah. yeah. Um, Philip, well, <laughs> thanks, Ross. It's a good question. Thanks, Ross, but, but it's... Uh, it's just too... It's too yeah, two horrible scenarios. Uh, Philip Lopez, I'd support anything you guys put out. I'm a huge United fan all the way from Houston, Texas. We'll come and see you soon when all this madness ends. Uh, yeah. Um, are we going to wrap it up there, the gentlemen? Cup. The Cup with his Cup. Do you have a quick mention of it? No, no yeah. I'll, I'll, on, on a serious on. note, the amalgamation... Go on. Love that word. Of... Love that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. The amalgamation of the Cup Winners' Cup into the UEFA Cup to create the Europa League farce and the, the expansion of the Champions League from being the winners of each league into the Champions League was what the beginning and the end, Jay. Yeah, it was. That, right. And that Burke Bosman fucked it all up, didn't he? He did, you're right. Eh? Oh, I don't want to move a club and I shouldn't have to because I've done my contracts. Uh, I mean, who is it? Who did, tell me who he played for. Bosman that changed the face of football. And they're like, was it? I don't even think it was that good, to be honest with you. Um, but correct. He's googling. Yeah. Go on. Google who John Mark Bosman played for. Is it John Mark Bosman? Was it just Mark Bosman? Have I just added a John for no reason? There is a John. John Mark Bosman. Go on. So he went. Stand Liège. Yeah. All right. Heard of them. Another Liège club. RFC de Liège. Yeah. Olympic Saint Quintin. Oh, them. CS San Denis. Yeah. An Olympic Chalorolichrois. Exactly. I, m- I remember reading somewhere that he never got any real money out of all this. Yeah, he's changed the face of football. He's played 103 million. games. That was it. That's only 103 more yeah, than me. Yeah, his registration got held for one year yeah. and his contract <laughs> yeah. ended. Don't know if you noticed, that's why it went off a bit. Yeah, uh, but he... D- yeah. Um, Mason's played that many games. That's wild. That is crackers. Uh, should we wrap up there then? Yeah. Uh, we'll be back soon anyway, won't we? Certainly will. Always are. Well, he's back tomorrow with his uh, transfer review. We'll be back on Sunday as well because if the game goes ahead, you know, we decide when We've you play. We've got a preview. We've got a preview. Me and the boy wonder there. Uh, also, as well, we'll have the watch along if the game goes ahead on Sunday <laughs> for the Villa game. Don't know. Do we have to put that caveat in there now? I think we do. I'm not, I don't want people sort of saying, well, you said the game's going to it might do, it might not. I don't know. I'm just, you know, I'm just the messenger. So make sure you're checking all that out as well. And if you're not doing, subscribe to the channel. You know where to find Alex Bagley on socials. You know where to find him. He's all the socials. You know where to find me as well. So make sure you're hitting like, share, and subscribe. This has been an early breaking news edition of House and Brew. Thanks for watching. Sports Social Podcast Network.